Welcome to another episode of the Slow Talk Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on culture, commerce, and community. Today is Mark Schaefer, Executive Director of Ride on Transportation and United Cerebral Palsy of San Luis Obispo, and Dr. Leola McMillan. Dr. Leola, uh, your title with United Way, please. It is... Director of Equity and Resource Development. All right. We'll have to talk about that and what you do in some greater detail here. We had you guys on Slow Talk Live a couple of moons ago, and that was a lot of fun. And I'd like to, you know, kind of pick up for our audience on on what's been happening since then and the different hats that you wear in the community. And one of the things that has just popped up, we've just had California open back up again, our county, San Luis Obispo, just literally within the last couple of days. And as this podcast drops, that'll be still fresh. And um, with all that's happening, restaurants are starting to open back up again. But there's a story there with restaurants. And Dr. Leona, something caught my eye. You're one of the founding members of a group that's actually created to help restaurants, Central Coast Restaurant Coalition. Is that correct? Yep, I sure am. I want to talk a little bit about that. And then I also want to mention Dining for Charities in a bit and Mark Schaefer and get some news about that. Where did this come from? I just saw this in the last month. Oh, um, so some months ago, and because time has collapsed in upon itself uh, in this last uh, 18 or so months, um, but I think around the beginning of the year, possibly the end of the year, um, Greg Holt who's the owner of Big Sky Cafe, reached out to me and he said, hey, I got a question about nonprofit stuff. You know, I don't know anything about nonprofits, uh, but you do. And so he told me that uh, he had heard from some folks in the city government that there were funds that were available to support restaurant owners and and employees, Um, but those funds were available to nonprofits only. And so he was coming to me hoping that I could guide him through the process of starting a nonprofit. And because I'm aware of how many nonprofits are currently in existence in this county, I was like, no, man, no, no, nope, not another nonprofit. Um, and I actually just said, you know, perhaps uh, you could save yourselves a lot of effort just by aligning with a nonprofit already in existence, you could see if there's one that would be willing to serve as a fiscal agent. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I was thinking of United Way. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm always looking for a feather in my cap, um, something to bring back to my bosses um, to show their value um, in yeah. investing in me. And so we started talking about what that would look like, and we reached out to all of the restaurants in the city of San Luis and just invited folks to get together to have some conversations. And Central Coast Restaurant uh, Coalition, Slow was born. Um, and it was, it was really wonderful to watch it come together because it, you just had this kind of And you and I, James, have talked about this in other contexts, but you had this recognition of our shared humanity, and there was this in-group cohesion 
right, where downtown restaurants were aware that, you know, they might be doing okay, but their neighbor might not be able to pay the rent. And so it was a very beautiful thing to witness, right, the kind of uh, compassion that we don't see enough. Um, And it was, it just took off from there. To put this in context for our listeners, this county, San Luis Obispo County, unfortunately made a nationwide list uh, during the uh, pandemic, during the shelter in place, where we were the top 10 restaurant closures per capita in the United States. And that's a significantly difficult thing. You know, and already we can talk a little bit about this. Already the restaurant industry is a lot of cases comprised of small business owners mm-hmm. for the most part. And then on top of that, the workers or people oftentimes scrambling, not just one job, but two and sometimes no. three jobs. And we see that all over the county, mm-hmm. all over the industry. And then to have the industry just be ravaged by the mm-hmm. close down. And then even when they open back up, I, I went to some places, it was just a trickle. They were glad to set up a few tables outside. And, and of course, we've made some progress with the parklets and, and larger tables and things. So the group took off uh, commonality. There was a pass-through opportunity mm-hmm. with United Way as far as the donation. So if people do decide to help, what is the, the purpose? Is it to help restaurant owners, the staff? The, the What is the, the purpose and how do you guys do that? So I'm reading from the About Us on our uh, website that uh, Kat Hasbrook was kind enough to help put together for us. Yeah. But the, the mission is to help local restaurants thrive by raising awareness and providing financial support to the those most impacted um, by community crises. In this case, it was created because of COVID. But, you know, the very real status of the restaurant industry is that it's made up of a lot of hourly employees. And they are often people of color. So they are often far more vulnerable when a crisis happens particularly one like COVID, and they are least likely to have access to resources. And so in recognition of this, we have this bunch of restaurant owners here in Slow that were like, we got to take care of our people, right? Uh, Because our people are why we thrive in good times. And so we have to make sure that we help them to the fullest extent possible. So this banding together, this motivation, we're brothers and sisters in this, we share in this. What, what's happened so far as the group has come together, Leon? So, so far, uh, we have, ra- I don't know if it's by word of mouth, we have raised a surprising amount of money in a very short time. Um, there's a comma in our bank balance, and there might actually be two numbers in front of the comma. Wow. I don't want to... Wow. Uh, overspeak, but I definitely remember seeing a couple of months back that we'd gotten about five or six grand in already. Um, And we haven't even really done uh, like a full press, full court press on marketing. This is largely um, word of mouth. And the other thing that was really lovely to see, we kind of started preparing not knowing when, if ever, we would open back up again and have restaurants anywhere near um, capacity. But always there was the 
understanding that the restaurant industry would be more intentional in in their role in the community um, in terms of just all of us being stewards for all of us, right? That's how community works best. Yes, yes. And so in the last, I'd say, two or three weeks, um, Greg from Big Sky and then uh, Rob Horton from La Esquina, Chapino, and I met. And Rob was like, I really think we should do something about food waste in our community. Yes. And so the three of us were in Greg's backyard, and we, like, hammered out, you know, a very uh, rudimentary uh, plan for how we could get food that otherwise gets thrown out of local restaurants into the hands and tummies of unhoused folks in the downtown area. It would, what it would look like is, you know, a volunteer shows up at a participating restaurant at five o'clock with a cooler that's labeled with the restaurant's name on it, right? Uh, And at nine o'clock, a volunteer comes and picks that up and just takes it somewhere where people congregate and gives out food. And, and that's the food that typically would have to be disposed of mm-hmm. and thrown away that night, and people would have to either go dig that out of the dumpster or go hungry. Right. And this is where um, I start smiling hard because I love this notion of a beloved community where everybody talks to each other, and so there's not a lot of redundancy. So I mentioned this to Susie Freeman, who is with the Slow Food Bank, And she was excited because there's some legislation that just passed or is about to pass at the state level that requires unused food to go into the community rather than into the trash. And so um, because it's law, then there's going to be more funding available. Um, I had already started doing things like looking for... um, cooler donations right like who makes coolers and donates them yeah. to nonprofits? and yeah. she was like don't you might not even need to do that kind of work uh, um uh. and so just bringing in different people from different segments of the community to work on a common problem Sponsor support for the Slow Talk podcast is brought to you by our friends at Big Sky Cafe San Luis Obispo, where they depend on local farmers, ranchers, vintners, and San Luis Obispo County brewmasters to help them create their real food by real people. This commitment to fresh market fare and a seasonal-inspired menu has made Big Sky Cafe a downtown local's favorite. Sky Cafe online at BigSkyCafe.com and visit them today at 1121 Broad Street, San Luis Obispo, and tell them Slow Talk Center. You know, it's fascinating, and I can't help but think about dining for charities and uh, my understanding of what's happened with United Cerebral Palsy right on transportation. I'll never forget, Mark, was helping out dining for charities, doing some restaurant marketing, and Bill Evans calls up and he says, hey, you're doing a concert every year and he, under Festival After Dark. And I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, what's that all about? And I said, well, right on transportation operates the, the Veterans Express shuttle. And uh, he calls us up, I think it was three years ago, 
and I'm not quite sure the amount. It was uh, it had a comma in it, mm-hmm. and it presented a check for that concert we did with Louis, uh, Louis Ortega. They have all the restaurants um, certificates, dining for charities, and then the income from that 15% a month went to support the bus that picks up all the vets. Tell us a little bit about that, Mark. Yeah, yeah. So the the Veterans Express we've been operating it now for 15 years. Greg Shear came to us um, 15 years ago. There were all kinds of needs for veterans uh, that didn't have cars to either get to clinics or to get to the bus that takes them down to L.A. for medical treatment. Yeah. And so we originally started, uh, there was no funding from any of our traditional transportation funding sources. So we had to raise all the money from donations and concerts. and uh, This was a startup uh, proposition, a startup adventure. Right, yeah. right. And, and so Greg did a lot of fundraising, and uh, we had poker tournaments and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. And now it's you know fully funded. We have uh, um, Slowcog gives about almost $80,000 a year to support it. So, you know, it's an example when when people get together and try something and set it up and show that it works, funding will come because, you know, people want to see that it's going to be effective. They see the need. And, um, you know, that that's a great example of the support that we got. So so basically, you get funding through Slow Cog, the San Luis Obispo County um, of Governments, Operation of Governments, Organization of Governments. Is that the proper term for that? Uh, the so, association. Thank you so much. You get some funding. You also get funding through uh, individual donations, an annual concert that uh, Louis Ortega does. Right. And then last year, we even had Jared, Jared Freeberg came in and, and did a show. That was a lot of fun. And so the concert is an annual event. And then the Dining for Charities, on top of that, they had the certificates that restaurants would sell or Dining for Charities would sell. Restaurants would get marketing, and then they gave a 15% donation. Right, right. And the other thing is each of these efforts gets the word out to veterans that yeah. this this transportation service is available or their families because uh, if people don't know about the service, it's not helping the people that it was designed for. So I, all a, of these efforts, uh, including the concerts, really help help us get the word out about yeah. you know door-to-door transportation anywhere in the county for your uh, doctor's appointment for just $3 each way. What's that number, Mark? We've got to give this out to our listeners, man. So you, you would just call us at Rideon's number, which is 805-541-8747, uh, and just ask about the Veterans Express. Yeah. And the thing that's uh, changed is in the last two years, um, where people have to jump on that bus in the morning to go down to L.A., they're allowing veterans to see local doctors here in San Luis Obispo and not having to take the whole day to go four hours down to L.A. on a bus four hours back. So now we're taking veterans specifically to doctor's appointments in the community and they don't spend the whole day on a bus. That's which is absolutely nice. that's absolutely excellent. And I understand it. It's three dollars per trip per veteran. Right. Right. That's exciting. And the website, Mark, for Ride On Transportation? R-I-D-E-dash-on-O-N.org. You know, I'm so appreciative, uh, Leola and Mark, of the community that we live in and the individuals, the business owners, 
the folks that volunteer, it really creates a safety net per se. We need a bigger safety net. We could all agree on that. But I just want to shine the spotlight and thank these individuals, the Restaurant Coalition, Central Coast Restaurant Coalition, um, Dining for Charities, uh, the different nonprofits that are working together. And of course, United Way as, as being for lack of a better term, a clearinghouse, a communication hub. And Leola, you in that job as a connector, it's it's just excellent. I appreciate some of the emails you've done recently yeah. to tie the different organizations together, the History Center, the Food Bank. Um, so groups know what we're doing, and we could work more collaboratively to get things done. Well, yeah. and we have a great um, Slow Food Bank story as well at Ride On. <laughs> uh, All right. They, they've been trying to figure out how do we get food out to uh, seniors that don't drive their, they have no way of getting out of their home, particularly mm-hmm. during COVID, but even if it wasn't COVID. And again, it was the opportunity for them to meet with us and just started talking about it. And now we have six daily routes throughout the county dropping where wow. our drivers are dropping off food wow. during the slow time of our day, the middle of the day. Yeah. And they're setting up all the um, uh, all the food. We just pick them up, and, and we use our same scheduling software to schedule all the drop-offs. So, so it's actually a Meals on Wheels program, per se. Exactly. And very cost-effective and, and um, very organized. Um, so an organization that needed a transportation network, rather than create that, they were able to piggyback, utilize untapped out resources that you guys had. So it's a win-win. Your resources, your drivers are better utilized and their needs. And of course, the needs in the community, the meals to seniors are all being met. Right. Wow. That's powerful. For, for a much, for very low cost for them compared yeah. if they had tried to do it on their own. Yeah. And even though this happened during the shelter in place, we're always going to need meals to seniors. And this has established something that's going to continue to uh, benefit our community. Our goal is to have 10 routes a day and serve 350 uh, individuals a week. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. that's excellent. That's excellent. You know, I want to go back and talk about our community. And um, I have a saying that I want to introduce. I don't think I've ever said this in a podcast before, but I think it, it really... Um, uh, really is appropriate for right now. I uh, we always hear about the third rail. Don't touch the third rail. <laughs> you know, and you hear that in in uh, you go to the bar at Barry Rapid Transit. My gosh, don't and that's the one that has the charge on it, right? Well, really, in our community, this is the central coast of California, one of the most beautiful places in the world. I love living here. And then you look at the amenities, you look at some of the features that have been added to, to our area, you know, some of the things to see and do that are in addition to the God-given beauty. But, And I really love each of these initiatives because the outcome is benefits for the people in our community. It's really stepping up and meeting needs. And so to see an initiative where the restaurant owners are not only going, how can we help them stay in business? How can we help the workers? Variety of questions there that deal with transportation. And now, how can we use what we have left over that we normally throw away? How can we put that into the community and address some of the homeless rather than say, hey, get them off the street, get them away from our restaurant. The restaurants are going, we might be a part of the solution. It's a fascinating thing. And of course, we, uh, we're looking forward to hearing more good solutions as we shine the spotlight on, the, on what's happening in San Luis Obispo in the world. <laughs> Thank you.
This episode of the Slow Talk Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dining for Charities. Featuring half-off dining at some of the Central Coast's best restaurants, with proceeds benefiting local Central Coast charitable organizations. Purchase restaurant and partner certificates for up to 50% off at DiningForCharities.com and local Slow County charities like Woods Humane Society of San Luis Obispo receive 15% of all certificate sales for that month. Check out Dining for Charities at DiningForCharities.com to purchase your certificates today and save money and help local charities. the existence of um, inequity and the way it presents. And our community are, usually this happens in New York because New Yorkers are the best in times of crisis. I feel like our network of organizations in this community are the burly New Yorker that like yanks the person and snatches them from the jaws of death just before like the E train comes barreling down. because third ra- the third rail is usually associated with certain death, <laughs> certain death. Um, and when you mentioned it at first, I laughed because in conversation with an old friend from D.C. less than a week ago, she was like, how's it going? And I was like, yo, I'm ready. I'm just going to like go lie on the third rail any wow. day now. Wow. And she was like, is it that bad? And I was like, no, but I'd like to exaggerate. But the third rail is always something you try and steer clear of um, because it's certain danger. And I feel like one of the things that mm, uh, keeps me going is you can simultaneously work to dismantle structural inequality and do something about it, Um, right? So you can have advocacy projects and work to get laws changed while also doing something to address hunger in your community or mental health, uh, like mental illness uh, in your community. They worked hand in hand. And so there's a lot of room for people to get involved. You know, everybody is not going to write a letter to their congressman. But someone who won't write a letter might put something in a little free pantry or they might allow their restaurant to give unused food out to the homeless. They might make a $10 donation um, to an organization that's working to serve the populations that are most impacted and least um, resourced. I think we call them under-resourced. There may be a person, you know, listening to the podcast that says, hey, I'd like to grab a cooler at five o'clock, take it to a restaurant, help facilitate, yeah. you know, that process of getting this food that would go to waste to the homeless. I want to go back at nine o'clock right. and take that cooler full of that food out. I want to be firsthand doing that. I can do that. I can't really drive, but I yeah. can do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think a, a couple things on that. I mean, part of it is we like with mental health, we think that we fund these agencies and the fact that our our taxes are going towards paying somebody to deal with these issues, I think what we're talking about is you still need to be engaged. You still need to get involved and help out because 
it's not just having like one restaurant stands alone and all of a sudden all the restaurants are suffering. It's amazing that they all decide, let's get together and Mm -hmm. help each other Mm -hmm. because, you know, kind of part of our economic system is we're all individual nonprofits or we're all individual restaurants and we're kind of, you know, working on our own, but we're finding the strength happens when we get people together identify a problem, and then get the whole community to get engaged in working on overcoming that problem. And Mark, the, talk about you know putting your money where your mouth is. The very structure of United Cerebral Policy is you have a lot of organizations that are part of your organization that are, um, how would you describe them? Uh, you're a covering for them? Well, they're affiliates. Affiliates, yeah. Th- these are groups that came to us and said, hey, we want to become our own nonprofit, and they're serving people with developmental disabilities like United Cerebral Palsy. And we're like, don't do that. You can be under United Cerebral Palsy. You can raise money under our banner. Our board will oversee you. We'll handle all your finances. So we have eight affiliates that are that are within United Cerebral Palsy that we're totally supporting um, in, in many ways to make them successful without them having their own board and, and doing all the things that you have to do to be a nonprofit. Now, I just learned something new about United Way within the last couple of months. There's actually a radio station operating. Oh, yeah. Uh, Leola, could you talk a little bit about that? That's exciting. Um, we're pretty fancy. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on with United Way. So, yes, um, down in Grover Beach... Um, there is, oh, Charlie, what is his last name? Charlie, who runs uh, Hole, Goodman. Charlie Goodman, Hole in the Wall. Yes, Hole in the Sky. Hole in the Sky. Man, <laughs> I, I got to start taking ginkgo, I think. So uh, it's excellent radio, KYZX, I think, and it has been in existence for a long time. I'll look it up to confirm how long. But it was one of the first low-power radio stations in the country. Um, and I, I just really love the kind of subversive nature of, you know, just the thought of a United Way having this kind of guerrilla radio um, portion to the show. But um, it is wonderful. Our CEO, my CEO and I... Um, have recorded some radio shows, the United Way, mm-hmm. uh, Live United Radio Show. Um, we've had members of our student um, youth board do their radio shows from there. Um, Charlie has um, diverse DJs coming in. Um, and it's just really a great uh, way to broadcast to and for the community. Um, so it's lovely. One of the things I wanted to circle back to with respect to Mark and some of the great stuff that's happening with Rideon is they are taking advantage of an infrastructure that's already in place and maximizing the efficiency of that. And I think that's part of my overall goal at United Way. I want you mentioned um, that we're kind of like a clearinghouse. I really like to think of myself as a community resource concierge, right? And so for me, that entails having an idea of who all the players in the community are and what they do, but also who they serve and what they need and making sure that all of us are on the same page, right? Because otherwise, 
we would have a group struggling to figure out how to transport meals. They don't have to because Mark's right here. You know, um, the Restaurant Coalition and I would be struggling to find donated coolers and volunteers when Susie from the Food Bank has just given us, you know, a, a potential source of volunteers and coolers. And so when we begin to have more of these conversations with our neighbors about the need in our community, then we can get stuff done in a more efficient way without a lot of redundancy. And that's why I told the Central Coast Restaurant Coalition not to start a new nonprofit. And that's, I think, what Mark tried to tell his affiliates, right? Mm -hmm. We want to diminish the redundancy so that we can make the most of the resources we do have. We are very fortunate in this community. We are sitting on a proverbial gold mine of resources. And so many of those don't go to where they're needed most because we're not talking to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's why I love coming on your show. That's why I love the work that I do because I get to talk to people. And if you think about the Restaurant Coalition, I don't know if you've ever known restaurant owners or worked in food service. <laughs> food service, but entrepreneurial doesn't begin to cover it. People open a restaurant because they don't want to have a boss. They want to do what they love the way they love to do it, and they don't want anyone else telling them how to do it. And you have, we have like 20 to 50 of those guys (laughs) all working together. It's unheard of, and it's beautiful to witness. And what's really powerful is people that say, hey, I I don't really have time, but I do have financial resources. Mm -hmm. When I give, I want to know I'm getting the best bang for my buck, a return investment, and all this just equals that. You know that your money is not just going to a valuable cause, it's impacting people, it's being used to the very best of its ability. It's being collaborated, combined with other community resources. That is really excellent because people, you know, they will give, but they want to know that that, those resources are being used properly. Mm -hmm. People have time, talent, or treasure, Mm -hmm. or turf Mm. to donate. And what one of the benefits, if you can call it that, Mm -hmm. of COVID and this um, year of isolation and separation is that people have had the opportunity to slow down and observe the world around them nationally and locally. And so now when it comes to to being involved, number one, people want to, they want hands on, they want to be involved, right? They actually want to do something because it'll make them feel good. Because we've had all this time to look at what's terrible in the world. And people want to do what they can to make the world a little less terrible, even if it's just picking up a cooler and taking it to the park and feeding homeless people. The other thing is, People have had a chance to scrutinize what's going wrong and what they don't like. And so when it comes to where they're going to donate their time, their talent, and their treasure, they're very clear. You need to show me that what you say you're doing, number one, is what you're doing. Number two, that it's in alignment with how my moral compass is is situated. You know, they want things that are aligned with their values. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and more and more uh, with grants, the the um, the organizations that are providing the funding, they want to see several nonprofit groups working together to solve a problem. You know, rather than funding them three different grants, hey, let's get the three together. We'll give you one grant. That's what's great about Zoom is it's so easy to connect people together. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to drive anywhere. <laughs> right. and, you know, There's Zoom, no parking. Zoom, 
Yeah, it, uh, it's really a great way to to break the physical barriers of getting together and helping each other out. You know, we we sometimes develop these little silos as nonprofits. Yeah, yeah. And you got to break that silo and, and work together because the bottom line is serving the people that you serve better. Absolutely. And we as organizations need to make that our priority and work together and listen to the people that we serve and work together to meet their, the, the goals of our members, yeah. not necessarily the goals of our organization. You know what? I, I appreciate the opportunity today to have you both on Slow Talk, uh, where we shine the spotlight on culture, commerce, and community. And we've certainly done that today. We've shined the spotlight on a lot of groups, individuals, and just this idea of working together to make our community a better place to live. I so much appreciate what you represent and who you are. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Leola, for being our guest today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, James.